0: Great to be with you on Christmas Day. My name's Stuart Starr, I'm the lead pastor here, and it's fantastic to have this chance to turn our attention to uh, this part of God's Word that Joyce just brought to us. Now kids, I'm going to try something pretty crazy today, I'm going to see if I can involve you in the sermon. Are you ready for that? Yeah. All right, we're just going to see how this works. never tried this before, we have no safety net, we're just going to give this a go and we'll see how it, uh, how it works out. So let's, uh, let's have a go. The question that we want to explore today is, what is this reading about? Uh, we've heard uh, Jamie pray really well about it. Matthew's pointed us really helpful to the central meaning of Christmas today. And we're going to think a little bit further about that in, uh, in this uh, time that we've got now. In order to understand this reading that we just had, we need to know that there are three parts to Christmas. Uh, part one is pre Christmas. And pre Christmas, for some of us, would have been all the way up to about midnight last night. Is that right? Anyone doing wrapping at that? I see that hand. Thanks, Tash. That's good. Uh, Of course, the rest of you are too organized, is that right? It was all there a month ago, so some of you it was. Okay, great, well done, that's uh, that's amazing. So pre-Christmas, that's the bit where all the wrapping kind of happens. There's a second bit, which is Christmas Day. Is anyone on Christmas Day at the moment? Fantastic. Some of you haven't quite caught up, it's Christmas Day, congratulations, welcome. Uh, Then there's this other bit after Christmas called Boxing Day. Uh, where I think the idea was we clean up all the mess that we've made the day before and we eat all the cold food that's left over from the day before. Does that sound roughly right? And mum doesn't have to cook. I think that's also right. We're going somewhere. Sorry? You re-gift the gifts, very helpful, Matt, to, uh, to the other side of the family. I think that's, that's very wise. And if you were like uh, people in my family, you don't rip the wrapping paper when you take it off, so you can reuse the wrapping paper on the gifts that you don't like and give them on to the other side of the family. That's, that's really good. So what I want us to do is to realize that our Christmas story that we classic, classically have in our heads didn't all happen on one day. There were things that happened pre-Christmas, there are things that happened on Christmas Day, and there are things that happened post-Christmas. Boxing Day, or later, as the case may be. So let's have a look at some of those things. Uh, We're going to talk today about the pregnancy. Now, when did the pregnancy happen in relation to Christmas Day? Has anyone got any idea? Yeah, about nine months before, roughly. Good, that's right. Okay, good. It was a supernatural pregnancy, but it didn't take any shorter time, which probably was regrettable, (laughs) given that we could create a baby. Why couldn't we just speed it up a little? But it took a regular amount of time. So we assume uh, it was a full thing. Now, if, uh, if we were God, dangerous thought, and some of us do this anyway, right? But if we were God, who would we pick to give the Son of God to? Who would we pick? Well, I think it's quite possible that we'd pick somebody powerful or famous or wise or smart. So potentially, in the last year, we could pick uh, someone like this guy and his... Uh, Partner, does anyone know who this is? Call it out. Facebook. It is Facebook. No. Well, yes. Uh, it's it's Mark Zuckerberg and uh, his wife uh, Priscilla Chan. Uh, now, Mark's worth multiple billions of dollars. He's very, very smart. Uh, if you're going to send the Son of God into the world, why don't you set him up well, right? Give him lots of money. Uh, parents who've got lots of brains. Give him lots. Of... That's what we'd pick, I think. What did God pick? as the way that he would send his son into the world. God didn't pick... Oh, someone want to tell me? Yeah, what did he pick? Yeah, Um, That's right, God chose a young girl. In fact, uh, he chose, uh, as as Matt said, uh, uh, peasants. People who basically were on the absolute bottom of the social spectrum. In fact, God chose a lady called Mary. And when we say lady, if you were here a week ago when I was preaching... She may have been in the vicinity of 13 to 14 years old, a young, young girl, someone who didn't have any money, wasn't especially known for her brains, but was known for something that was truly outstanding, her faithfulness. And God shows her because he's God, but also because she was faithful and godly. And when a heavenly father chose to put his son into the world, he chose someone that the rest of the world would have ignored, but he chose uh, this beautiful girl, Mary. Now, have we got a Joseph here and a Mary? Uh, Someone's Joseph. I know they are. Come on down, Jacob. Excellent. And Ruby Rose, come up here. What we're going to do for each bit of this uh, thing, can I have my two helpers, please? Uh, Darren, if you can come on down, Stace, that'd be great. If you guys can hold this about here. Uh, If you guys can sit next to the manger, please, that'd be great uh very good so who did god choose i'm just going to take a picture through here uh through our little frame actually we're going to go if the frame can go this way a little bit that's great okay ready guys one two three excellent thank you we've got that first one excellent uh guys we're delighted that you're here joseph there's lots of big challenges ahead of you mary uh you're about to give birth to the son of god that's pretty important well done um we wouldn't have picked Mary, but God did because of her faithfulness and her obedience. Uh, Joseph and Mary, you're free to sit down again. Please uh, take a seat. Can we give them a round of applause? Well done, guys. That's, uh, that's great. So what do we see? The living God sees faithfulness. No one else would have paid attention to Mary, but the living God sees her and chooses her. Stuff that goes totally invisible in this world, the living God saw and chose to be the vessel for his son coming into the world. Well, secondly, let's think a little bit about the location where Jesus was born. Now, kids, can anyone tell me where he was born? In a stable. That's good. We're going to go a little bit better than that. What town it was? anyone know what town? Uh, Siena. Bethlehem. Outstanding. That's what what it says here. In fact, that's the place that the the wise men went. They were told by prophecy, where's the king going to be caught? born in, in Bethlehem. Now, if we were to pick a location for the king to be born in Australia, where would we pick? Oran Park. Okay, that's an outstanding answer. Uh, that's an outstanding answer. Uh, I don't know that that would have fitted in with God's plan, but okay. Uh, I think if you were to pick where the king of the world would be born in Australia, you'd have to go to the place where government is in Australia, wouldn't you? Where's that? England. No. <laughs> um constitutional monarchy that's probably actually a very wonderful answer actually it probably is in England isn't it Buckingham Palace Um, so okay so we would say king to be born where would you put him put him in Canberra where was Canberra in Israel can anyone tell me where was the equivalent for Canberra where was the capital city of Israel where you've been to there we've been to yes Isaac we have been to Canberra haven't we Good boy. We haven't been to the capital city of Israel. Does anyone know where that is? Jerusalem. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So has anyone been there, by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah Ross has. Yeah. And yeah. Tash? No, you haven't, Isaac. Uh, and you have too, Rainy. Excellent. Okay. So we would pick. we would pick the center of government, the center of rule, the place where the holy temple was. That's where we'd pick and say, God, if you're going to put your son into the world, put him on the stage, put him at the seat of government and power. So we'd, we'd pick Canberra. Do you know where God picked? God picked yes. Okay? God, God picked yes. It might have been written out in the prophecy hundreds of years before, but if we were to pick, we would have gone, God, why would you choose yes? Yes is nowhere. Nothing happens there. It's not very important. Okay? And so I want us to see that the place where God chose was to fulfill his promises, and it wouldn't be what you'd expect. Now, I'm going to invite up to take my next photo all the kids who want to be in a photo but don't have a costume, if you can come up the front, and all the kids who are animals, if you can come up the front. Not generally at home, but dressed up as animals. That that would be, be great. Okay, come on down. Kids who don't have a costume and kids who are animals. That'd be really great, Joseph and Mary. If you want to come back, you can come back for that as well. Thank you, animals. So kids with no costumes and uh, yeah, that'd be great. So guys, you're gonna to have to stand in 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 the round the manger. In you go. In you go. Yeah, yeah. Up you go. Oh, you're right. Go on, mate. You're okay. You're okay. Come up, guys. Not the kings yet. Kings coming later. Okay. So what I want to see? Good work. Yes, come up. What I want to see is everyone who's an animal. You could make a noise like an animal. That'd be great. Uh, Great, Caleb, Toby, come up, guys. Uh, If you don't, Jamie, I'd love you to be there, mate. You're free free to be there. I come up. Okay, everyone. Excellent. Everyone in there, Jamie? Do you want to hop in? Okay. So what I want you to do, if you're an animal, you can start making your noises. I think we can hear you. If you're someone who doesn't have a costume on, what I want you to do is point at the manger because this place was totally unexpected, but you guys have found where it is. You ready? One, two, three, smile and point. All right, just smile. Okay, great. So kids, I'll poke through the photo. So kids, where was Jesus born? Tell me. Great answer. Very good. Okay, hop down, everyone. It was chosen because it was the place where kings were born king david in particular and it was chosen because it was part of the fulfillment of what god had said hundreds of years before thank you kids roland do you want to stay here do you probably can if you want to i'm not going to be too upset about that okay so that's the location the location is unexpected the person that god chose is unexpected let's see what else is unexpected what else is unexpected is who god announced the extraordinary news to who God announced the extraordinary news to. Now, last night, if you were here for Christmas Eve, you would have heard Matt unpack this really beautifully, uh, speaking about the best concert that there's ever been. Today, I want you to think with me about where you'd make an announcement that was for the whole, the whole world. Now, adults, I'm actually going to draw you in here for a second. Can you think, where would you make an announcement that was for the whole world? Anyone, just tell us where, where you think. Sorry, New York? Sorry? UN, United Nations, yeah? Is that what we'd say? Okay, great. That's really helpful for me because I've got the slide already prepared. Fantastic. Okay, so here's the thing. I reckon if we were to make an announcement for the whole world, the place that we'd do it is we would go to the Assembly of All the Nations, which is the UN in New York. So does the living God choose the heads and representatives of all the nations of the world gather them together and say, you'll never believe it. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, a saviour is born. And everyone carries it on the cable news and the satellites take it around the world and people tweet it and Facebook it and Instagram it and it's just brilliant. Didn't happen that way, did it? God did this incredible announcement and the way he did it was using angels. Do we have any angels here today? If you're an angel, can you come on down to the front here? I also need, have we got any shepherds here today? Shepherds and sheep. Yeah, that'd be great. Shepherds and sheep up here. Here's what what the living God did. He put the best billboard that he could possibly arrange. A choir of angels, heavenly beings who were bursting forth with joy and song. And they sang and announced to who? to people who we today would consider to be the least, who in their day were considered to be the least. God chose shepherds. He chose farm boys. He chose boys who were looking after sheep and put this choir of angels, aren't they beautiful? This choir of angels in the sky and announced to the shepherds, today the savior of the, bo- the world has been born. He is born in Bethlehem and they sang and uh, as Matt told us last night it was probably incredibly bright and amazing this is how God chose to send the good news to the whole world I'm going to take a picture of these guys um angels we're going to ask you to sing uh why don't you sing because you probably can away in a manger does that sound all right so uh, one two three away in a manger No. I'm on my own. That's pretty embarrassing. I'm going to stop. Uh, Guys, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Stacey. Um, So angels, you sang. Shepherds, you heard. What does this tell us? God was very serious about the news and incredibly weird on who he chose to tell it to. The living God revealed his plan to the least. Shepherds, it's not disrespectful to you at all. You're awesome. But God didn't say rulers of Jerusalem. He could have appeared to King Herod, couldn't he? He could have appeared in the temple, in Jerusalem, in the capital, in the middle of Israel, in the middle of his chosen people. He could have done that and he didn't. In the country, outside of Yass, to farm boys, the best news the world has ever heard was announced. Angels and shepherds, we love you. Can we give them a round of applause? Go and sit down. Now, what we just read is that it wasn't just angels and shepherds that were part of the Christmas story. But it's often, we often miss this. I said that there's pre-Christmas, there's Christmas Day, and then there's what? That's correct, Boxing Day. Does Boxing Day happen on Christmas Day? Okay, here's the thing. This might be, this might be the only thing that we learned today, but it, I think you should know it's unlikely that, the, that the, the kings, the astronomers, the wise men, the magi, I think it's unlikely that they came on Christmas Day and passed the shepherds going the other way. I think it's unlikely. It's really interesting When it comes to who we'd pick, who we'd think God would pick to come to see his king, we would expect that God would pick, well, we'd probably think of Australians, but if you're an Israelite, you would think that God would choose people from Israel to bring gifts to his son, because he's the king of Israel. But here's the thing, God doesn't choose Australians or or Israelites. He doesn't choose the people that were were Jesus' people. In fact, he chooses somebody totally amazing. He chooses someone we wouldn't expect, people from further afield, people from the Middle East, people from Syria or Iraq or Iran. God chose to have his son receive gifts from people who weren't his people, from people who were foreigners, from people who were far away. Do we have any uh, kings here? Kings, do you want to come on down? Oh, you'll need to bring your presents as well. Uh, Ollie, up you come. Fantastic. Uh, Mary, I think you're in this scene, so if you can come up, please. Um, Joseph, interestingly enough, you're not mentioned. Did you notice this in the Bible reading? It actually says that uh, when he came... On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Who's conspicuously absent from that? I don't know what to make of that. I'm no conclusion. Just observing that all we're told is that they came and met. Maybe Joseph was out working. Who knows? He could have been. At least the day that they came, the kings came and they met Mary and the baby. Do you know what else we don't know? How many there were? What do we know? Can we count the gifts up the front? This is number one. Gift number two. Gift number three. What happened to your gifter? huh? It broke. It broke. <laughs> it's actually terrible. I, I said to Owen, please take this one so we've got three gifts up the front. It seems like when we were getting the kit together, someone had stolen the gift out of here. So I don't know. But the thing that we do know is how many gifts were there? There were three. Now, we naturally think that if there are three gifts, there must be three, how many? Kings, Magi noodles. We, we think that there must be three kings. Now, I don't know whether there were or there weren't, but they come, they come from far away and they bring incredibly costly gifts to the one who's the king. They come looking for a king. They go to, go to Herod and they say, Herod, where's the king? And they come to bring gifts to the king. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a picture of these guys uh, up here. Uh, we'll take one more picture here. Oh, you guys look awesome. That is fantastic. Okay. Oh, stand back a little bit. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, kings, can I get you to leave your gifts there? It would be a bit, a bit odd if you took them home. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, well, okay. You can drop them if you choose to. Uh, thanks, boys. Uh, you can take a seat. Can we thank our kings? I want you to see here that what we just read about the Magi coming, those who looked at the stars and saw God's heavenly sign, weren't God's people, but they were invited. They weren't God's people, but they were invited. And they honored the king. Well, what was the reaction? What was the reaction? I think there are two reactions that we can see here. Reaction number one is from our beautiful foreigners. And, uh, You know, it's complete legend what they look like, how many they were, what their names were. Did you hear any of that in the Bible reading that Joy brought us? Oh, come on, join in. Did you hear any of those details? No, you didn't. They're all made up. They're all made up. And they make us really happy. I mean, some of you will even know the names of the kings, won't you? What are they called? Does anyone know? Melor, and you know them, do you, Matt? Yeah, about. Yeah, Balthazar, Melor, and there's some other one. Anyway, here's the thing. It's all made up. Was one of them black? I don't know. Were there three of them? I don't know. Did they come on Christmas Day? I'm guessing not. And because, what does King Herod do? When he finds out the Magi have tricked him, he says something terrible. What, what's his reaction? Herod's reaction is horrible. What does he choose to do? Yep. Yep. Yeah. this is the most yucky bit of the whole of Christmas. What what King Herod decides to do is he says, well, okay, if 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 the guys haven't come back, what did they tell me? Well, they said that the star appeared and there was a king born in Bethlehem and they said, we're extrapolating here, we're guessing, but he says, kill all the children who are boys below two years. What does that mean for us? I'm guessing it means that Jesus hadn't just been born that it had taken some time for them to come, that when they came, it wasn't Christmas Day. And so when Herod found out that the kings had taken off, the Magi had taken off, he said, all right, well, we'll clean up this mess. I'm going to get rid of someone else who would be king in my place. Kill everyone who's under the age of two. Tragic, terrible. Why does Herod do it? Well, he does it for the same reasons we don't want a king over our lives. Same reason kids... When mum and dad tell you what to do, what do we say? I don't want to do that. Why not? I want to do it my way. Is that right? In fact, I, I think that that song is us. I did it my way. We don't want a ruler over us. We don't want a king. King Herod said, I'm the ruler here. I'm in place. If you're telling me that there's another king, I need to worship him. No, let me know where he is so that I can worship. What does he really want to do? Why do all kings want to to kill the challenging king? Because I'm in power. I'm the boss. This is our lives as people who say to God, I don't need you in my life. I'm doing well running life my own way. Thank you very much. We want to kill the king because we want to be the king. The story of Christmas is God has sent the king, the one who will rule over our lives, the one who is the ruler of the world, and he has come to save us from our sin. That rebellion where we say, God, we don't need you. I'm running life my own way. He's the savior because he'll save us from our sin. He's the king whose knee we need to bow to. So there's two reactions, I think. The living God provokes two responses. We can worship him or we can kill him. Here's what I'd say today. And Matthew did something very similar last night. But here's what I'd say today. There are four ways that we can respond to Christmas, I think. Number one, we can respond like Joseph and Mary. And we can say, hey, God said to them, I'm going to use you. Bear my son into the world. And Mary and Joseph incredibly, incredibly faithfully said, We will trust you and we will obey. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be as you said. Today, you can be someone who's heard that there's a king and continue to trust and obey him. For some of us, we might be like the shepherds. The shepherds heard the good news and what the shepherds did after they heard the good news was what? Well, they said, we should go and see if what has been spoken to us is true. I have the information. I'm now going to go and investigate. And so they went to find the baby. So we can be like that with Jesus today. We can go and find if it's true. Maybe we can be like the the astrologers, the the magi from far. You can say, I've seen the sign. I understand something about Jesus. My right response to this king is to bow the knee and give him my life. What did they give him? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh the most confusing gifts anyone's ever given. What they were was honor for a king. What honor do we owe the king who's come into the world? Our whole lives. Our whole lives. If Jesus is the savior of the world, if he's the king of the universe, what do we offer him? We bow our knees and offer him our lives. Those of you who are already following, trust and obey. Those of you who are interested in following, go and find Those of you who today who have seen the king, bow the knee and give him your life. Or fourthly, we can act like Herod and decide that there's no place in our lives for another king. It's worth knowing that you can't beat the king. You can rebel for a little while, but one day you'll meet him. And it would be well to bow the knee before that day. What I'd like to encourage you, if you're someone who's trusting and obeying, keep trusting and obeying. Uh, If you don't have a Bible at home, we'd love to give you one. This is just on the table at the back there. It's a free account of Luke's story of Jesus' life. Grab it and read so that you can continue to trust and obey the king. If you want to find out more about the king, you could read this and make up your mind whether you would choose to. Grab one of these. Maybe you're someone who's trying to work out whether I'll bow the knee to the king. Uh, We run a course called Jesus for the Curious. We'll start a new one in the new year. It's a place where you can come and say, I'd love to, but I'm not sure I know everything about it. I'd love to, but I don't have all my questions answered. Come and do Jesus for the Curious with us. We would love for that to be the case for you. Or fourthly, uh, if you've decided to reject the king today and you're thinking, I don't have any room in my life for a king, I'd say bring your skepticism and your questions And let's see if he's worth bowing the knee to. Don't reject him today. You will meet him and he will still be king. There's a wonderful song that we're going to finish our service with today. It's called Joy to the World. It's joyous because God has sent his king. It's joyous because the good news was announced to the least. It's joyous because we can have hope In a broken world. The words read, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. How about I pray for us and ask that we might be people who make room in our hearts for God's King? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the extraordinary way that He came into this world. I pray today that those who have heard this good news might respond by bowing the knee to Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would help us to ask for your forgiveness for wearing a small paper crown and denying you our great King. I pray, Father, that you would help us to put that down, to offer our lives to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Son bore the weight of our rebellion on the cross, that those who hated the King killed the King, and yet you were raised to life again and reign today. Father, we thank you for the joy of Christmas. We thank you that you're our Saviour, and we pray today that we may hear and know and love the good news that is joy to the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.